कम रहे मेरा सर तेरी दहलीज पर है यही इल्तजा ए खुदा ए खुदा ये जमीन ये फलक इनसे आगे तलक जितनी दुनिया है सब में तेरी झलक सबसे लेकिन जुदा ए खुदा ए खुदा 7.7 एफएम प्रोग्राम रिफ्लेक्शंस आज 24 रमजान मुबारक और आज इफ्तार का वक्त है आठ बज के बावन मिनट रिफ्लेक्शंस विद योर host zubair akram um at radio ramadan 87.7 fm with me i have my guest sheikh rizwan muhammad as always and surah ar-rum uh, 30th surah of quran uh, is uh, what we have been studying uh, in this last 23 days at uh, 24th of ramadan um and inshallah today's ayahs and commentary with sheikh rizwan after these ayahs بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم In the name of Allah the entirely merciful the especially merciful فانظر الى اثار رحمه الله كيف يحيي الارض بعد موتها ان ذلك لمحيي الموتى So observe the effects of the mercy of Allah, how He gives life to the earth after its lifelessness. Indeed, that same one will give life to the dead, and He is over all things competent. وَلَئِنْ أَرْسَلْنَا رِيحًا فَرَأَوْهُ مُصْفَرًّا لَظَلُّوا مِنْ بَعْدِهِ يَكْفُرُونَ But if we should send a bad wind, and they saw their crops turned yellow, they would remain thereafter disbelievers. فَإِنَّكَ لَا تُسْمِعُ الْمَوْتَى وَلَا تُسْمِعُ الصُّمَّ الدُّعَاءَ إِذَا وَلَّوْ مُدْبِرِينَ So indeed, you will not make the dead hear, nor will you make the deaf hear the call when they turn their backs retreating. وَمَا أَنْتَ بِهَادِ الْعُمِّ عَنْ ضَلَالَتِهِمْ إِنْ تُسْمِعُ إِلَّا مَنْ يُؤْمِنُ بِآيَاتِنَا فَهُمْ مُسْلِمُونَ And you cannot guide the blind away from their error. You will only make here those who believe in our verses So they are Muslims in submission to Allah. Allah alladhi khalaqakum min da'fin thumma ja'ala min ba'di da'fin quwwatan thumma ja'ala min ba'di quwwatin da'fan wa shaybah yakhluqu ma yashaa 
Allah is the one who created you from weakness, then made after weakness strength, then made after strength weakness and white hair. He creates what he wills, and he is the knowing, the competent. شروع اللہ کے نام سے جو نہایت مہربان بہت رحم کرنے والا ہے پھر تو دیکھتا ہے کہ بارش کے قطرے بادل میں ٹپکے چلے آتے ہیں یہ بارش جب وہ اپنے بندوں میں سے جن پر چاہتا ہے برساتا ہے تو یکا یک وہ خوش و خرم ہو جاتے ہیں حالانکہ اس کے نزول سے پہلے وہ مایوس ہو رہے تھے اور آج کی آیات کہ دیکھو اللہ کی رحمت کے اثرات کے مردہ پڑی ہوئی زمین کو وہ کس طرح سے جلا اٹھاتا ہے یقیناً وہ مردوں کو زندگی بخشنے والا ہے اور وہ ہر چیز پہ قادر ہے اور اگر ہم ایک ایسی ہوا بھیج دیں جس کے اثر سے وہ اپنی کھیتی کی کو زرد پائیں تو وہ کفر کرتے رہ جاتے ہیں اے نبی صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم تم مردوں کو نہیں سن سنا سکتے نہ ان بہروں کو اپنی پکار سنا سکتے ہو جو پیٹ پھیرے چلے جا رہے ہیں اور نہ تم اندھوں کو ان کی گمراہی سے نکال کر راہ راست دکھا سکتے ہو تم تو صرف انہیں کو سنا سکتے ہو جو ہماری آیات پر ایمان لاتے اور سر تسلیم خم کر دیتے ہیں اگرچہ آج ہم نے پانچ آیات آپ کے سامنے رکھیں اور ہمارا انشاءاللہ فوکس تقریباً دو سے تین آیات پہ رہے گا ہم چلتے ہیں شیخ رضوان کی جانب السلام علیکم شیخ علیکم السلام ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ سو یسٹرڈے وی فنشڈ آف سیشن Um, our success lies in emulating Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam how he understood and how he shared the message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mm-hmm. um, and closer we are to the sunnah of Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam closer we get to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mm-hmm. that's where we ended yesterday mm-hmm. um, and that was uh, the, the ayah prior to what we going to start today uh, see then the tokens of Allah's mercy. Uh, and you, you, you explained uh, Athar uh, as, um, uh, you know, so, something that we need to understand in depth. You know, how we look for the tokens and how mm-hmm. we see Allah's mercy in the tokens of His um, uh, existence. Mm-hmm. See then the tokens of Allah's mercy, how mm-hmm. He revives the earth after it is dead. Mm-hmm. Verily, He is... the one who will revive the dead he has power over everything mm-hmm. so this whole process is athar athar mm-hmm. this is a token of uh, observing so observation is key mm. well observation is key the fanzur is like this kind of idea of Um, it's directed directly to the Prophet but also it's directed to individuals. So, you know, the way that the ver- that verse, previous verse, which is I think verse 50 would start is fanvo, is which is mm-hmm. for directly to the reader, which is initially the Prophet Ali Salatu Wasallam, who's given the revelation revealed by the angel Jibra'il. So he's being ordered, but, uh, you know, the, the, the order from Allah to the Prophet is a request of, of, um, of blessing. So it's kind of, you know, The way that the, the the command comes to the Prophet Ali from Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is is synced in with the relationship of Allah to the Prophet and vice versa. So you know, a child is ordered by the parent. There's a specific dynamics that's there 
dynamic that's there between the parent and the child, which means that it's an order or it might even be something else. But if it's from you know, the child to the parent, it'll be a request. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Fonvo, to the Prophet it's saying, you know, revive and refresh your observations upon the the, the, the clues of God's mercy that are in creation. And one of those is, you're actually told what that is, which is how does God, or the way, the method that God uses to bring the earth back from its death. And just to add to that, in ذَلِكَ لَمُحِي Because it's almost as if people, there's people that deny that, and there are people that deny that. And so therefore Allah says, it is this entity, which is God, is the one that essentially brings life to death, life to life to the things that are dead. And, you know, there's a, there's a kind of dynamic there, which is as people... Refusing to accept that there's people that say, well, it's not God that does it, it's idols, it's it's natural pro processes, or it's human choice and human power that does it through the fact that we can, you know, for example, if we create desertification in, in, in the sub-Saharan Africa, then we can reverse it by our own actions, but, you know, we created it, we can't really bring the dead to life, we can just provide hmm. water so we use, you know, the way that crops grow we just make use of that and and piggyback onto that to you know bring crops like ta'if for example um and you know um tabuk for example these are places that have been that have been cultivated now you know especially specifically tabuk hmm. cultivation of tabuk is like one of the signs the prophet said of, of the end of times because it, the, the 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 kind of desertification that took place at the time of the prophet now is being reversed by human activity to produce crops, and so you can you can you can bring life to barren soil, but you can't bring it back from the dead. All you're using is a process that God's created already. So the interesting thing here was this idea of athar, this idea of clues, hmm. and that there is clues, and these clues point you towards the fact that there is a proof for God's existence. And so, you know, when we're told to look at the, the signs of God's mercy, you know, you'd have to say, without completing the verse, if, if you didn't complete the verse, if Allah just says, Fandur, ila rahmatillah, look, at, look, look out for the signs and clues of God's mercy, you would say the greatest of those signs is the Prophet, because as the Quran says categorically that we didn't send you except as a manifestation of, God, of God's mercy to all of all of creative beings so that is the greatest sign that's the greatest clue that's the greatest imprint athar can also be an imprint of something mm -hmm. and so the process indicates that and the reason why i think he indicates that in the context of so sort um a rome is because he provides the perfect balance between you know sabr and shukar the, the idea of how do you respond to difficult situations and, and easy, easy situations you know situations that are that are that are good for you and you find easy and pleasing and, and situations you find difficult. And the way the Prophet did it was this constant state of patience and 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 gratitude. So that in and of itself, because when you look into it and you reflect upon it, you look reflect on the personage of the Prophet, you find that he made that perfect balance. And you could almost say go to the point of saying that you know a person that is afflicted by difficulty and they respond to it with anger, mm. that's like a dead that's a dead, dead vessel. And a person that, you know, has something good happen to them and has no thankfulness to God is a dead vessel. And all we do when we make the, the correct response to ease and hardship by showing patience and gratitude 
is to is to bring life to the heart. I think that's the kind of basic um, kind of idea that I would kind of get across here, which is this verse and chapter all focus on these kind of ideas of of, re of responding to situations you are in as a human being in the most perfect way. See then the token of Allah's mercy, how he revives the earth after it is dead. Verily he is the one who will revive the dead. Um, so the, the contrast of life and death, contrast of what you just uh, said uh, of good times and bad times. And in these contrasts also lies signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Recognizing the contrast. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Recognize the contrast. And, and the recognize the contrast is one thing that, and then at the human level is recognizing the, the, the responsibility of what you do in the contrast of experience. Mm. Because mm. remember, religion, if you, could, if you look at, um, if you ask anybody about the history of religion, they will say, well, religion was there. If you say it was made up, okay, you would say that it's made up simply to bring people away from the bad that they recognize themselves towards the good that they recognize themselves. You know, mm. if you strip it all back, that's essentially what it is. But Islam just provides you with the blueprint from the entity that created it to give you, you know, the director's cut and the in, inside information about how to purify the soul and also how to live a human life properly in a relationship to your creator that's what islam provides but at the basic level it's how to you know you know re repulse the, the evil inclinations a person has and nurture the the positive inclinations a person has and that's like life and death remember you know when we talk about life and death we talk about you know biological life and death we also mean with that and the prophet mentioned this when he quoted the verse Indeed, God is the one that brings the living out of um, the dead. This is when one of the companions, the female companions, came and emigrated to, to the city of the Prophet. And he recited that verse because she came from a father who was an arch enemy of the Prophet. In other words, spiritually dead. Mm. But he gave rise to something that was living. And so life and death are metaphors for you know spiritual growth and spiritual death as well. And this is why these, you know, when we when the Quran does mention these signs. And these, you know, clues and imprints Sorry, of God's so, mercy. You said life and death are clues for spiritual life and spiritual death. Are, are cues, yes. You know, physical life and physical death are, are cues for us to understand spiritual life and spiritual death. Now, most people don't have to have spiritual depth to understand physical life and death. Like you see an animal lying mm -hmm. on the street. Mm -hmm. Or roadkill, for example, being hit by a car, yeah. you know it's dead, yeah, and you know when it's live. So that perception is, you know, a child could tell you that. Think of the Prophet's hadith when he went to visit the the son of Um Sal Um Um, um Sulaim, and she, the the child had um, was crying, and it was. It was Abba Umayr, the person. The child was called Abba Umayr, and and his his small sparrow had died, and the child was lamenting and crying over it. And the Prophet said, "Ya Abba, Ya Abba Umayr, al-Nughayr," you know, just to show some compassion and and to engage the child in in conversation to distra distract their mind from the death of their pe their their pet. The the child could recognize life and death. Now. You know, a person wants to mature spiritually and realize there's more than just um, body. There's consciousness. There's spirit. 
at that point they recognize good and bad spiritual states. And so the metaphor that comes out is the, the, the worst state spiritually would be death, a spiritual death. And the best state would be a spiritual life, you know, a, 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 a spirit which is alive to its own um, consciousness and, and the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so the reason why Quran mentions tangible things is because we always, as human beings, always go from tangible to intangible, mm-hmm. you know, concrete to, to abstract. This is how the human mind works. That's how metaphor works. That's how simile works. That's how language works. Everybody who's listened to this will have used some kind of metaphor or um, abstract language, even if they think they haven't done it, they've definitely done it. Um, you know, and so this is why the Quran uses this kind of language, examples and simple things, not extremely rare examples. These are simple things about the life and 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 um, you know winds and the clouds and the rain, the deserts. You know, is, is it the other way around? You, you don't move from concrete to virtual, but it's other way around. You, you, you from first form an image, mm-hmm. and then you, you map it to something concrete. Well, I mean, the thing about that, I think that's more of a that, that's a mature person doing that. Now they're able to. When you're thinking, you go from abstract to concrete mm-hmm. in terms of a, a later development. I'm talking about the kind of not natural biological development of a human being from childhood. Um, most people live in the world and understand worldly things. And then the move to to a spiritual thing or abstract thing is the natural way they go. When you get more mature and you want to implement things or you want to conceptualize things Mm -hmm. and then make from the conceptualization a reality, what you do is you imagine. Yeah. And so what you're seeing is correct from one perspective, but that's a later development, which is you're sitting here and you're thinking of justice Mm -hmm. and you're thinking of justice, the idea of the concept of justice. The concept of justice is already there. It's it's coming to your mind from examples in your own, in your own life of that was just mm. and that was unjust, that was right and that was wrong. And now what you're doing is probably you're sitting. I, I think we should have justice in the world. And now you're thinking, okay, how can I do that now? How can I implement it to in in a concrete way? Mm. That's like the Platonic way of the abstract forms that you know Plato and, and Platonism had at the core of its philosophy, which is you you have a perfect image of a perfect thing, like a perfect cloud, a perfect animal, a perfect human being. And from that, you then go to the examples of that on Earth. Hmm. That's that's a sign of a human consciousness. And that's, hmm. you know, again, that's a proof of God's existence, which is the human consciousness requires conceptualizing a creator by nature. And the only thing that stops it is the person insisting on not thinking about that so you have to actively opt out of believing in god it's like a it's you're opting out what's what's inbuilt within the human being which is what we call talked about it's fitra in this chapter i've noticed most of your examples when when you want to give an an example you bring justice into it Mm -hmm. so that seems to be playing right at the fore of your mind Mm -hmm. why (laughs) <laughs> because most people um, know just justice when they see it, and most people understand injustice when they see it. So it's and more, it, it, it's, more it's, it's vanilla. Of... It's, it's vanilla. It's bland. Like it's like you know, it's it's not tainted with any religion, any uh, philosophy. Justice is justice, and everybody knows what justice is. 
like people most most people recognize it's an unjust situation when they see it. You and and that's why you, when I bring an example for, for that, I think most people recognize that that person was just in doing this, and most people understand that that was unjust to do that. Mm. So the reason for the example is not it plays on my mind. It's it's a question of what do I think would approximate most simply to a person. I'll use love as well. I could use, I mean I probably do do use love as well. Um, mm. So most people know that's an expression of love, and not an expression expression of vindictiveness and anger and and um, you know pettiness. So we understand certain like justice, love, empathy. So you get into more difficult ones like mercy. And then what type of mercy you're talking about? So justice but, is one but, that but, but, but society mer based mer on. Mercy was probably easier to grasp than justice. Yeah, probably is. I mean, but, but justice is one of the things everyone's everyone's interested in now because socially, in the social um, arena, mm. that's the one you can you can talk about e most easily easily because most mm. people are, are always crying about injustice. Yeah, they're not really, you know charged up about either a lack of mercy or dispensing mercy hmm. you know hmm. this is why they say in in, in 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 the kind of media industry if it bleeds it leads yeah. you know because it's 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 <clears throat> more about you know the gratuitous nature of headlines and and the kind of injustice of situations that makes people want to read about them Whereas if you kind of say, well, you know, this, you know, in 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 this Ramadan, Muslims are going to, you know, you know, distribute or raise over a hundred or two hundred million pounds in the UK for charities, no one cares. I mean, it's you might you mm -hmm. might have to force somebody to publish it in a, in a mainstream newspaper, or the fact that Muslims are far more generous than any other portion of society, religious or irreligious, in the UK. That's not going to make much news unless you really, really, really kind of push it to be said. No one's going to care about it. But if you if you lead with the fact that Muslims are very unjust to their own people in their own religion, never mind other people, then it'll always lead because justice. Mm. Everybody talks about justice. Everybody trumpets on about the fact that they're they're the most just people on earth. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and as you said, like mercy is something in in a way it's easier to understand, but it's something less talked about, less interesting. Mm -hmm. And unless you are um, subscribing to a religion, subscribing to something which is based on wahi, mm -hmm. the, the concept of mercy is something which is less and less talked about. Yeah, because it's it's um, you know sometimes mercy comes in the way of administrating. Administering justice, so you know this mercy doesn't fit into straight state public structure as well as um, justice does. Justice makes much more sense in public discourse. So you know when's the last time you kind of had any concept of mercy in a public discussion, debate, or issue? Not mm. much. Mm. It always be justice, law. It'll be about uh, economy. It'll be, look at the news. Look at social media feeds. Most of it's about justice, or in some way or another, or it'll be about um, laughter, comedy, so other things that people are interested in. Mm -hmm. If you think mm -hmm. about it, if you look at the social media so, feed, I, I remember in Pakistan. Um, so when death penalty was um, still a, like a norm, mm -hmm. so there was uh, 
appeal of mercy that you could have with the head of state. Mm-hmm. So the the final he, he could just say, "I pardon you." Mm-hmm. Yeah, appeal for would, clemency. Yes. Yeah, yeah, which is which is not available anymore. It's not talked about. Mm. It's, it's it's vanished. It's gone. Okay, so maybe it's to do with um, corruption. No, 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 no. Just I, I think because I, I just feel that after this conversation today, I, I just feel that that part is missing. That's mm. more and more missing now. The, yeah, the because mercy. the thing that that mercy comes in in terms of the right of the the next of kin of somebody who's been killed or murdered to forgive the person that killed. So that option in Islamic law is a fascinating option, which I think the Western mind finds difficulty in understanding, which is that if a person has killed somebody else and they've been proven to have killed them and they admit it, for example, mm-hmm. then the option of forfeiting the right of revenge is given to the, the family that they mm-hmm. can forgive. Yeah. Now that option, it doesn't make any sense because if they're criminals, they should be punished. Okay, we won't have the death sentence, but we put them into prison for the rest of their life without any option of parole. But the option that Islam gives, which is just to let the next person, the person is, person's free, is you know is a is a is a strange option for modern society, because modern society ties into it the idea of society itself wants revenge against a person hmm. for being hmm. that way in this society where they shouldn't have been like that. Whereas Islam is essentially saying, well, the right of the family is for for at the forefront of every any idea of justice and mercy. So hmm. they have they're empowered. In fact, the family of the, of the person who's at the receiving end of this. Are empowered to show justice or mercy, hmm. ultimately, which is an amazing thing. I mean, it's an amazing concept. It's mocked in the West. I think they probably mock it um, and say, "Well, yeah. this is a prehistoric legal yeah. code." Yeah. But it's not. It's a perfect manifestation of ownership of victimhood. You can't just be a victim. You can be the owner of glory by forgiving. So and so I'm the narrative. So the thing. The narrative is not about the killer. It's about the the person, the family of the deceased. They're the yep. center of narrative, which is amazing. Yeah. I mean, amazing wisdom. I don't know how that that's the that's the hikmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But if you think about it, it does show a masterstroke of criminal legislation. If that was the only thing that Islam had, was that just the way that it dealt with homicides and murders, it, it would be enough to like be put I, I mentioned this before actually, and something else. Like hmm. each part, part of our religion, if you look at it. Yep. on its own is worthy of a, a serious amount of study as you know the inheritance structures yeah the way the Prophet dealt with racism and, and linguistic differences the way the Prophet um, legislated you know i'm saying the Prophet because if you, if you don't accept the quran it's the word of god let's just say he did it each of those is worthy of a historical note of breaking ground and the way that you know nowadays we read about philosophers and social um, thinkers in the 18th, 19th century, they have one idea based upon which we still remember them and c- consider them to be geniuses. Mm. You know, insignificant, you know, you know, just throwaway ideas that they had, which made just, and they little impact. They make them, you know, geniuses and they put their faces on banknotes. <laughs> you know, yep. if, you look at, if you look at a bank, bank and you look at how, it, you know, what people did to get onto the banknote, and they're lauded and praised, you know, subhanAllah, like this is drops, tiny drops and drops of an ocean, which is the prophesied 
it, and then if you say it's from God, then you're just saying, well, the Prophet was the vessel through which this amazing, um, you know, ordering of society was envisaged. Subhanallah. Uh, really Ramadan and uh, reflections with Sheikh Rizwan Muhammad. Um, you know, in the the comments just in passing sometimes are just mind blowing. Uh, something to take note of and something to become proud of uh, of how we, Alhamdulillah, uh, the the ones who are subscribing to this uh, way of life, should be in knowledge of and also be proud of. Mm-hmm. Uh, short ad break and we'll be right back. Inshallah. Mere Rab तेरी शान जला जला मेरे रब With Sheikh Rizwan Muhammad, um, Maghrib iftar today is at 8.52, 24th of Ramadan, 26th of April, uh, Surah Al-Rum, uh, 30th Surah of Quran, um, and today's ayahs, the, the next one, Assalamu alaikum Sheikh again. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. But if we were to send a wind and then their tilth has become yellow, they would never cease to disbelieve. Now this is this is uh, uh, it goes on to the next one as well. So um, again, I, when I was reading this, I just wanted to ask you. So it's a constant contrast of um, things going right for you and things going wrong for you, and recognizing mm. that things when things go wrong, it the cause is different from when things go right. Mm-hmm. If and. Sometimes it's it's not fully understood. I I don't fully understand that. That whenever something is wrong, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says it's because of me. Meaning I Zubair. Mm-hmm. And if something goes right in my life, it is because of Him, the Almighty. And no, that's no, right. that's not. That's not. No, no, that's not. No, that's, no, not no. that's not. So basically, what's happening is you're given examples. Something happens, and you do something. Okay. okay. Something. Something that you really wanted to happen. You know. You know, you got your best iftar food, mm-hmm. and it was happy, and you're just kind of elated by that. So this is this the Quran is just taking snapshots of human human responses to stimuli, basically, good and bad. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's saying, look, if we were to have a hidden camera, CCTV before CCTV was invented, and we look at, you know, you have the, all these kind of comedy things where they have a hidden camera and they do experiments, social yep. experiments, or funny yeah, experiments yeah. or yeah, yeah so it's like 
the Quran is saying, look, through human history, what's happened is you get blessing, you do this. As human beings, this is what you do. And if you, something goes wrong, this is what you do. The Quran hmm. is not saying anything apart from, look, we've just watched you and this is what you do. Look, here's the, here's the proof. And here it's just giving you examples of things that you cannot deny, which is, you know, something, ease comes to you, you're happy, and then you go into easy street and you just take it in your stride and you don't really connect it to the source of that. But it's all it's saying is, look, that source is God, and so gratitude should be observed, not because, not just because God deserves gratitude, but because you will start to be the best version of yourself by doing that. You know, because mm, the Prophet mm, said, The person does not give thanks to creation will not be able to give thanks to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the, it's almost as if you're, you're, you're being told, look, this is what you do when God gives you blessings. Mm. And if that's the case, then, you know, God's not going to say this, I bet you're going to do this the same when, with human beings, but that's what's going to happen. If you don't show gratitude to God for the things you have around you, which are natural and signs of God's mercy, then how are we going to go? How are you going to show thankfulness to human beings in the communities within which you live? If the same thing happens, they'd give you something and you don't show gratitude. Hmm. And the other other side of it is something difficult happens. It's the same thing in this verse, which is the one you, you started off with, 51. Allah says, and if we were to send them um, a wind, so Riyah, it's not Riyah, it's Rihan. So Rihan, I mentioned, is a singular wind, which oh. in the Quran is always indicative of something that is going to cause a test, a tribulation, a punishment. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, so it's interesting because the previous verses are all about Riyah. If you look at them, which is winds. The winds, yeah, because they're the manifestation of multiple blessings. But the the wind itself is one and it's almost saying look oh you have all these winds that god's giving us blessings you forget them all and then you just focus on this one wind that came and just disrupted your life where is this one wind in comparison to all these winds of blessing so even hidden in the arabic which you will not notice at all is an image of you know multitude of blessings coming and then you respond by just ignoring god and then just one prick in the heel, for example. And, you know, everything goes pear-shaped because here it's talking about you know, the crops go, you know, yellow and, 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 they, and they basically fail. Allah says, look, what happens is turn back and their heels just disbelieve. They fall into ingratitude of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also, yakfurun means covering over. And for me, that means covering over that multitude of blessings that came with the riyah, these multitude of winds that came one after another, that you all of a sudden just try and hide because you're so full of yourself that you think you can be angry with God. And so that's the, 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 that's the metaphor that Quran is using. Basically, the good things come in multitude and you just shrug your shoulders. Allah one difficult Allah. thing comes happen, one difficult thing happens and you just you make it as the headline through which you, your relationship with God is defined, that will God test me in this? And it was in 2002, and how dare he do that? And I'm done with God. And this is what Western culture essentially is all about. Turning its, turning its back on religion was based upon basically what the Quran is talking about, which is difficulties happen in Europe. And everyone just turned their back. The Christian nations turned their back on religion. 
the Jewish people after the Holocaust turned their back on religion to the point that in Israel, for example, now the nation, one of the two nations on earth which is based upon religion as its state, as its reason for existence, raison d'etre of, of Israel was religion being Jewish. I think 65 to 70% of Israelis now are, are, don't believe in God. Hmm. And, and that's the proof. The proof is that it's become an ideology and the ideology is sustained by you know grabbing land, for example, what is exactly what they're doing the Holy Lands now, just grabbing and taking things without any moral sense of um, you know justice, any sense of right, any sense of um, ownership apart from hmm. usurping land. And that's there because they've they've cut themselves off from religious sources, religious hmm. te texts, hmm. their own ethical tradition, which is a, 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 a you know a, a light. The Quran describes the, the Torah and the religious tradition of the Jews as, as being a light. They've cut themselves off from that. So the Quran is just giving you a snapshot of human history. And believers, I think Muslims, <coughs> you know, have fortunately not fallen to that until now in, in history. Hmm. They've always hmm. saw that the test that comes with difficulties is a means of turning back and learning lessons. So it's just an aid to what's already happened it's not saying that when you do this this happens this is what you do this is human nature mm -hmm. yes yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's just a, it's an observation it's like a, it's an observation it's like what they call in 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 in, in um, research method like a meta study of human history meta mm. studies like you know studied the aboriginal people the city dwelling the people in the deserts the people in an, an, an antarctica everywhere the same response it's not as if the people in mm, mm, um, you know Patagonia did any better than the people in in Mesopotamia. Everyone did the same thing, and the one is saying, "Look, what's this? It means that there's, something, there's a problem here." Up to to, we hear that Farsi speak, Arabic speak, Urdu speak, then the understanding of religion will come. What I've heard today, I'll say from my listeners is that if you speak English, then you'll understand it. This is a unique point. جو آج سمجھ میں آئی کہ جب اللہ کہتا ہے کہ اللہ ہی ہے جو ہواؤں کو بھیجتا ہے اور وہ بادل اٹھاتی ہیں پھر وہ ان بادلوں کو آسمان میں پھیلاتا ہے جس طرح چاہتا ہے انہیں ٹکڑیوں میں تقسیم کرتا ہے اور اس سے مختلف یہ کہ اور اگر ہم ایک ایسی ہوا بھیج دیں ایک ایسی ہوا بھیج دیں جس کے اثر سے وہ اپنی کھیتی کو زرد پائیں تو وہ کفر کرتے رہ جاتے ہیں یعنی جب اللہ تعالی خوشحالی بھیجتا ہے تو وہ کثرت میں بھیجتا ہے ایک نہیں بے شمار ہوائیں بھیجتا ہے اور اس کے باوجود انسان جو ہے وہ ناشکر گزار رہتا ہے اور شکر ادا نہیں کرتا لیکن وہ ایک ہی ہوا ایسی بھیجتا ہے جس سے اس کی کھیتی زرد پڑ جاتی ہے تو پھر وہ کفر کرنے لگتا ہے اگرچہ دونوں ہی صورتیں اس کے اپنے ہاتھ کی کمائی ہوتی ہیں ریفلیکشنز ہیں شیخ رضوان محمد کے ساتھ صورت الروم کا مطالعہ جاری ہے پچاس اکاون اور باون آیات جس میں اللہ رب العزت نے ہمیں دعوت دی ہے اس چیز کی کہ جو نعمتیں ہیں ان کا شکر کیسے ادا کیا جائے اور جب مصیبت آ جائے تو اس مصیبت پہ اللہ تعالیٰ کی اس مصیبت کی وجہ سے صبر کیسے کیا جائے اور شیخ نے یہ کہا کہ شکر کا جو جذبہ ہے وہی دراصل اللہ تعالیٰ کی اطاعت کی اصل ہے جب جب شکر اپنی زندگی سے نکلتا ہے تو گویا ہم اللہ تعالیٰ کے ساتھ شرک 
میں مبتلا ہوتے چلے جاتے ہیں شیخ تو نیکسٹ آیا تنقید کا موقع ہے ضرور تنقید نہیں کرنی لیکن تصحیح کرنی So we'll do the next verse, inshallah. So inshallah. The whole point of, of those was to give you an idea that the, the specific examples of things that we all see and recognize and, and experience is just there to pr- provide us to go from concrete to abstract, from things we can see to things we um, have to understand deeply. This is why the next verse, you know, in the, in the Arabic, it does this thing of iltifat, which I kind of... Iltifat in Arabic is this process through which you're talking about something and then you, all of a sudden you turn and it's clear that you're speaking to somebody else or, or about something else. So this is an iltifat from speaking about human nature in general over history, you know, just giving like a general rule of human history over the whole spread of human history from the time of Adam والسلام, all the way time to the Prophet وسلم, a recognizable, you know, sequence of how humans work and then all of a sudden it, it, it turns towards the Prophet and it says الْمَوْتَى O Messenger of Allah you will never be able to make those that are dead listen because what does it mean? it means these, these experiences this process of ingratitude and lack of reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this lack of patience in different in diverse in adversity all these are signs of death spiritual death and so the prophet is, is being told you cannot make people that are spiritually dead hear and also you can't hear you can't make people that are are dumb listen to the dua the call that you're doing if they themselves if they themselves have turned back you know mudbirin literally means If you think about it, I'm speaking to you and imagine you just turn your back all the way around to the wall. Mm. So the problem is being told you cannot you cannot do that, meaning you're not able to do it, you know, to make a person who is dead hear or a person who's death listen to your call if they themselves have turned their back. And the interesting about that for me, just thinking about this is that, you know, hearing It doesn't make it, you know, just by turning your back, it doesn't mean you don't hear what I'm saying. Mm. You know, if, if I'm, if you're facing me and I speak to you, if you turn, if you turn your back and I speak to you, you'll still hear me in the same way because you, your ears are, you know, slightly less capable, but essentially they're still capable of, of doing it. Mm. But there's something about the way that the Quran is talking about this, that, you know, they've made, the point is that they've made the move to disconnect and disengage. While you, O Messenger of God, are the one that is in, in, in initiating the ability to bring them back into you know, God's guidance, you're the one that's trying your best to get this message through to them. What's the response? Their response is not just disengagement, it is the complete, you know, the complete manifestation of that, which is just turn their back. And you know, the back is called dubur in Arabic. Um, and also, you know, in, in Arabic, 
tadbir and tadabbur. Mm. These are all kind of words connected. Tadabbur is to look at the ultimate end of a thing or the purpose of a thing. I think it's hidden behind everything else. So the whole point, this is a negative word here because mudbirin means that they've turned their backs on the guidance completely, which is why you know Allah SWT then completes that by again addressing the Prophet in a very intimate way. You're not going to be able to guide the person that is you know blind from their clear um, sense of misdirection. Dalala is like you know you're you're traveling but you don't know where you're going. You know, like in, in Arabic, Adala is like a, a, a sheep or a camel that's lost in the desert. Batakya. Batakya. You know, it's like, it's basically, it's traveling. It doesn't know where it's going. You say, where are you going? I don't mm. know. And so the problem is to, being told you can't guide a person that's blind from the fact that they will remain in this state of misguidance. Because if you say, where are you going? I'm just walking. Where are you, in which direction? No idea. Okay. Are you going to then, what are you going to do? Apart from force them to go the way that you want them to go, there's no intervention that you can imagine that will work. And so, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala then, you know, clearly then creates this image of people having senses, people having sight, hearing, intellects. But guess what? Their sight is not used to to see. Their hearing is not used to listen. You know, their intellects not used to you think. The Quran elsewhere says, "Ulaika kal an'am balhum adal." These people like cattle, you know, just like senseless, purposeless, lacked, lacking focus, you know. But rather, the Quran actually says they're actually even more unfocused. They're not astray because animals, you can't consider them to be astray. The nature of animals is that they're animals. Hmm. But the point is that there's no purpose. Why have hmm. hearing? Why have sight? Why have intellect? Why hmm. think? If all that's going to happen is that you go with the most base instincts of human beings, which is to turn away from God when He gives you blessings, when difficulty comes, become angry with God, not have sabr, not have shukr. This is just like the Quran is saying, look, this is the state of human beings, but there's a limit to how much you can convince them because most people, as you know, are stuck in their ways. And this is why the Quran says, in tusmi'u, the only people that you will be able to get to listen to you are those man yu'minu bi ayatina those that believe in these signs these these indicators these um clues that we have fahum muslimun and as a result of which they submit you know mm. submit to allah submit to accepting guidance submit to the buy-in of sabr shukr you know the the buy-in of this coin as we were talking about yesterday the coin that has two sides one is a sabr yeah side and one's the shukr side these are the people that submit to this whole buy-in of okay you're a muslim okay this is what we do you testify there's no god but allah the one and only creator you testify there's no messenger as a final messenger except the prophet and all the previous prophets that came and hit with him from him before him were sent by god and then you buy into the fact that there's ways of you know, worshiping buying and selling there's ways of submitting in your daily life challenges that you know take place in your lives are tests from god to get you to know him and bring you closer to him so your worship is more um you know is more thoughtful is more heartfelt this is the this is the whole purpose of being muslimun is to have you know a, a relationship with difficulties and ease 
which is productive for you so that you live a full life. Hmm. And so these kind of verses, I mean, they, they, they kind of put down in very clear ways what the whole ask of Islam is. So the, the, the dead is um, spiritually dead mm. or people who act like dead and they're alive. It's, yeah, because it's, it's remember, I mean, you know, because if you say you can't make the dead here, nobody's saying that you can. I mean, no one would say to go to a corpse and say, oh my goodness, you, you, you couldn't get through to the dead person. Because mm. everyone knows a, dead, a real dead person, you can't make them here anyway. So it's obviously... The Quran is using the, the 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 real expression of a dead person to mean metaphor clearly because of the fact that otherwise it didn't make any sense. Mm. So that's mm. very a very stark stark image. It's not just saying they're like dead people, which would be, you know, you're you're saying, well, the person's alive, but it's <clears> like <throat> a dead person. What you the Quran is saying, look, they're dead. I mean, if you want a definition of dead. If you're spiritually dead, you're more dead than being physically dead. You might as well not exist. And I think that was, was that not the, the dialogue that took place between Ali Jinnah and his daughter? Hmm. Well, my father told me this actually a couple of times, which is his 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 daughter became a, a journalist and she came after the creation of Pakistan. She went to meet him and, um, and she, he was told she's come to meet you. And he said, if she comes in the... In the guise of a journalist, let her come. And if she comes as a guise in the guise of a daughter, then let her know that her daughter's dead. That my daughter's dead. Yeah, yeah. Which is pretty. You know, I'm not. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not saying that I subscribe to that. Yeah. yeah. Um, school of <clears throat> thought. I'm just saying that's you know from just what came into my yeah. mind at that moment. No. Yeah, that's a quite. A so I remember that when my dad was telling me this, he was sitting and he was like, just all randomly just told me the story <laughs> about Ali Jinnah, in the attempt to show me how great a man he was. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, that's that. The, the the next bit is also I was what came through my mind and, and for this I as NLP, uh, neuro linguistic programming, right? Mm -hmm. So it 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 focuses on hearing, seeing, and also feeling. Mm -hmm. Three three things, right? And not not to justify NLPs, right? But in this in this ayah, all three are mentioned. So. Um, there is this. Uh, where did it go? Yeah. So it's uh, you, you can't make dead people hear, but mm -hmm. it's not hearing. Uh, nor can you, nor can you make the deaf hear. So mm -hmm. that's that's different hearing. You know, mm -hmm. the, the dead hearing is the, the feeling, and the deaf hearing is the actual hearing. Mm -hmm. Or you can't. The, the next one is you can't make them see. The blind see, yes. You can't make them make the blind see. So these these uh, modern things are based on some kind of wahi, um, <laughs> <laughs> some kind of. Well, the thing about um, the Quran is it bases its its um, you know, and not just the Quran. The, our theology bases itself on the senses. So mm -hmm. you know, one mm -hmm. the ways of of true knowledge, you know, scholars talk about is, um, you know, revelation. Or a truthful um, narrative or narration, or the sense perception. So the senses, which are the five general senses that we have, and of them, as you said, the hearing, um, sight, and and um, feeling, are actually at the core of of 
out of all the five, they're probably the core of of what feeling. Yeah. Um, sorry, what what senses are in terms of giving knowledge, and so that's why the Quran keeps mentioning. You know, if you look from the beginning of the Quran, you look at the number of times that the Quran talks about belief and relates it to blindness and the, the lack of capacity to listen. Um, it's strike it's striking because remember, you have to showcase the senses in some way. You have to showcase the fact these are blessings from Allah. That when they're 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 neg when they're they're in negative territory or they don't exist, we realize that you know some sense of blessing is missing. But remember, it's, it's it's that whole thing about when the blessing is taken away. There's a response to the blessing being taken away, which is is like the blessing itself. So remember, if 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 you had the blessing of sight, or you didn't have the blessing of sight at at, at birth, the the response of that is a degree of, you know, sabr. The response to that is a degree of gratitude for the blessing that you do have. The response to that is the response of people around you to recognize that if you've, you're missing one thing, you might be given something much more, um, you know, you know, bounteous in another way. Like many of my teachers were blind, mm-hmm. and you know, in, in conversations that I did have with them, touching in it. Touching on that slightly, it would always be this thing about if the, if we're if we're just insufficient in one thing, then we've been given far more in other things. So even yeah. like you know, if, if, if we're negligent in bus, um, you know, in basar, we're we're not negligent in basira. So you mm-hmm. ha- you you're lacking the ability to use your eyes, but you're not lacking the ability to use your the foresight, insight, insight or foresight, which is like a hidden sight. And the reason for that is foresight is based upon reflection and, you know, inculcating wisdom. And so all these things, I mean, these kind of images of senses at the very core of the Quranic message is there, you know, very, very importantly to show us the truth of the Quran itself. Inshallah, we'll come back to this one. I've got a few more things to cover within these two ayahs. Um, a short ad break, Inshallah, and uh, reflections with Sheikh Rizwan Muhammad. Uh, today, iftar in Glasgow is going to be at 8.52, uh, 24th of Ramadan. Uh, we'll be right back after this ad break. فیصل اگر ہم اپنے سامعین کے لیے آج کی آیات دوبارہ سنا سکیں اور ہم ففٹی ون ففٹی ٹو اور ففٹی تھری پہ کچھ تھوڑی مزید گفتگو کریں گے شیخ رضوان سے بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم ان دا نیم آف اللہ دی انٹائرلی مرسفل دی اسپیشلی مرسفل 
فانظر إلى آثار رحمة الله كيف يحيي الأرض بعد موتها إن ذلك لمحيي الموتى وهو على كل شيء قدير. So observe the effects of the mercy of Allah. How he gives life to the earth after its lifelessness. Indeed, that same one will give life to the dead, and he is over all things competent. But if we should send a bad wind, and they saw their crops turned yellow, they would remain thereafter disbelievers. So indeed, you will not make the dead hear, nor will you make the deaf hear the call when they turn their backs retreating. وَمَا أَنْتَ بِهَادِ الْعُمِّ عَنْ ضَلَالَتِهِمْ إِنْ تُسْمِعُ إِلَّا مَنْ يُؤْمِنُ بِآيَاتِنَا فَهُمْ مُسْلِمُونَ And you cannot guide the blind away from their error. You will only make here those who believe in our verses so they are Muslims in submission to Allah. Allah الذي خلقكم من ضعف ثم جعل من بعد ضعف قوة ثم جعل من بعد قوة ضعفا وشيبة يخلق ما يشاء Allah is the one who created you from weakness, then made after weakness strength, then made after strength weakness and white hair. He creates what he wills, and he is the knowing, the competent. Hmm. So, Sheikh, the big onus in these two ayahs is on me, the listener, it seems. Everything, uh, see, you know, especially this ayah here. <laughs> Nor can you guide the blind out of the error. You mm-hmm. can make none hear your call except those who believe in our signs. <laughs> so so the, there's a huge effort or huge kind of reflection, huge kind of um, self-recognition required. Everything, nobody can do anything for me. Hmm. So how do I spiritually find the strength to recognize what I need to do? Hmm. Yeah, so that's a big, um, a big question, isn't it? Because the, the only person that can get you out, out of the rut that you're in if you're in a rut is yourself because responsibility choices are all um, in your court and that's why you're judged I mean the whole point of judgment is 
judgment not in a negative sense but in the sense of responsibility is because you yourself are able to make decisions you know the things you can't make decisions about the things that are beyond your control and certain that things that are personal traits that you have as a human being you know that's part of what makes you different you know there's a, there's a type of celebration even in the negative qualities that people have you know if i can say that that people some people have issues about anger or they have just just they have a general trait towards vanity whatever it is those are again that's the that's their own kind of test base that they have and mm. then that's the that's their own kind of um, reckoning that they will have but it'll be factored in i mean the whole point of the mercy of god is that it factors in the the experience that they have in the test that they've given on life based on you know their upbringing their parentage their, where they're born where they're brought up their education everything is factored in in as it should be in a just scenario hmm. and so what's left is the the issue of choice the issue, all you're asked to do is cho- choose based upon what you can understand and perceive and so all you're asked to do is you know open up your hearing again open up your sight again open up your consciousness again bring yourself to you know be at one with recognizing what amazing things that are around you and based upon that turn back and so it's a very simple i think it's a very simple thing going back to the basics you know before you've entered into a rat race of the world itself then what was it before the world what was there before you were preoccupied in possessions and and getting ahead of the joneses there was other things on your radar and at a certain point in your life you probably lost sight of them and so that's what the quran for the kir you know the prophet is told remind because indeed the, the reminder benefits the, the believers you know the reason it benefits is because you have to keep telling people about the same basic ideas that they already know but they have to be reminded about mm-hmm. you know it's not the quran is not going to every page going to you know provide you with a mind-blowing fact, every single verse, every single page, because guess what? The reality of human experience is that there's just simple things like difficulties and ease. Mm-hmm. And there's one of that is sabr or shukr. There's not like, a, there's not nuclear, but, you know, some kind of nuclear um, atomic um, science going on here or rocket science. It's simple. But I'm also told that Allah, it is Allah who created you in a state of weakness. Mm-hmm. And after weakness, he gave you strength. Mm-hmm. So we are we we are born weak. No, no. In the next verse is different. I mean, the next verse is different. You know, that's that's you know weak meaning fragile meaning. Um, weak here will mean as we we'll have to go through that properly. But weak there means in a state of you know on the precipice of existing or not existing, mm-hmm. which is describing the fetus. The fetus is placed. You know, don't go into the next verse because it's an yeah, yeah. expansive verse. But the point is, you know, you know, there are verses similar to what you're talking about anyway. Yeah. But they're different. I mean, created out of haste, meaning, you know, some scholars said that the haste means that God had this thing called haste and then humans were created out of haste, like they created out haste, like they created out of clay. Mm-hmm. So it's almost as if you as a human being are just like, and the DNA is haste, just entrenched within your being. So you're always wanting the quick fix. Mm-hmm. But that's a test. I mean, that's the whole point is you're created with tests. Nabtalihi. Yeah, Nabtalihi, this idea of ibtila, this idea of, of, of pushing people to a situation where they're made to, you know, put in to make choices. 
that's the whole point of a test. You know, the moment that you don't have a test, you know, and you're not mukallaf, it means that, you know, you don't have the capacity to think or you don't have the capacity to make decisions. And so Islamic law recognizes the fact that when a person is unable to understand the good and bad of a situation for themselves, they're no longer obliged to pray or fast. Mm. You know, when they're not mm. longer able to understand that, you know, crossing the road without looking left or right is going to harm them, at that point, legal obligations just collapse. And then they're in the orbit of God's mercy. It's like the, the, the child who's unable to, you know, hear or see. They're in a different realm of existence in terms of their own destiny, which is different from most people. Everybody has a destiny. Hmm. You know, just that, you know, some people have a destiny which is shared with lots of other people um, in a percentage manner. But, you know, everything has a destiny. Every organism on, in the universe has a destiny in some sense. Even if it's inanimate, it has a destiny in, you know, if there's a, a stone in the, in the middle of the road and you trip over it and you fall mm. and it me leads on to all these different scenarios that you meet your future husband or wife because they helped you up or, or it means that you crack your, you know, your back or spine. The whole point is even that inanim inanimate thing had a destiny in your life. Mm. So mm. everything mm. is, you know, Allah says, and, 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 everything is created in its own portion. So in a, in a way, it's not... That difficult either when we see Yeah, God will not um, burden a soul with more than it can bear because God knows what your your soul can bear. And if it seems to be that you can't bear it, then God's not made you responsible for that. There's a mm. whole big philosophical discussion. Yeah, it has what it's earned and it against it will be what it's you know acted upon. So yeah. the point is, like, if it's beyond your capacity and you can do anything else, <clears throat> you know, God's not taking your task. For, task God's not putting that on the on the the run of what you did, if it was beyond your capacity. So this okay. is the wisdom of. So, so, so there's a test. So we we are. Uh, so there is one side of the coin is that nobody can take you out of your errors. You have to do it yourself. Mm -hmm. Nobody can make you hear, because unless you are willing to hear. Yeah, unless you're you're you're, you're buying into that. Like God's yeah. not forcing you into your choices. That's the whole point. And the problem is no... not going to force you into guidance. And through any kind of <clears throat> recitation, word, company, there is no intervention. It is you. It is your own personal interception, yes, reflection. Yes, yes, yes. But the thing is about your choices. Or then based upon you know what you experience, like your your company, you're in good company. You'll know that you'll make different decisions when you do in bad company. Yeah, obvious. You 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 put yourself in a situation where you stop listening to these chaotic, uh, modern <laughs> excuses for music, and you listen to something soothing, like you know even just like music which is not chaotic and psychotic, or you listen to you know the Quran being recited. The effects biologically, at the biological micro, microscopic level, are different, resonating in your body than, you know, and you have good company, obviously different from bad company. This, everyone knows that. But at the end of the day, the helping hand you get will make the decision easier. It might mean you get less reward, but it means that you got the right decision. Now imagine a person in the wrong company with the wrong context, the wrong environment, that makes the right decision. Imagine mm. the blessing of that person fighting against, you know, like the Prophet Musa brought up in the very cradle of Fir'aun. You know, think of the, you know, the struggle 
that would entail of still being having some moral compass. Mm-hmm. So everybody but, has their own destiny. But, but, what, what I'm asking is, there is, there is at some point divine intervention uh, to correct your behavior. I mean, so when, you, see, when you say yeah. we beseech thee, O Lord, by the light of your brightness, so that we may see and have mm-hmm. the strength. So mm-hmm. we beseech thee, O God, right? Yeah, you ask Allah to make it easy for you to make decisions. And ultimately, the decision is yours. God creates whatever you decide. So ultimately, you know, who knows to what degree you have ultimate control of your own decision making. But we all experience the decision making process and we all understand we have some decision making there. Mm-hmm. Either 100% or 90% or 50% or whatever. You, know, you you can sometimes say when my hands are tied. Yeah. Yes, but they're tied, but you still can say something. You know, there's a limit to what you can say. Well, I don't have any choice. Mm-hmm. You know, even politicians that do things and vote in different ways, they can't say, well, my hands were tied. They weren't. You could mm-hmm. resign. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's different options for everybody available. And the thing is, we 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 we, we wriggle out of our responsibilities as our as our making our own decisions, and say, well, if Allah wills, it will happen. Yes, God wills and He knows what's going to happen, but He knows based upon your choice. And as mm. Tafdazani says, you know, when he talked about this issue of, you know, blaming God for what happens, he says there's no problem because God wills and, and knows what's going to happen mm. through your decision making. So there's no problem. Mm. He said, Fala ishkal. He just like brushed it off like a non issue that it is. So the fi- final few moments, uh, not moments, like final few minutes um, of this reflections on 24th of Ramadan. Uh, iftar, by the way, if I can announce again, is at 8.54, no, sorry, 8.52 today. Um, 8.52 is iftar today in Glasgow. Um, so we can ask for Allah's intervention through good company through reading of Quran, through asking Allah to show us the right path. Mm. And we, we should be doing that at all times. <laughs> you know, all this is asking and Allah says for the servant is what he asks. I mean, the whole Hadith Qudsi is all about that. So it's not as if we can, we should, we have to. I mean, it's yeah. it's not that it's it's possible, it's acceptable. So it's Quran ordered. is something that we should be reading, and especially this surah room that we have covered. Mm. Just a in a, in a few words, how will this be covering a certain angle to understand life? I mean, surah room, as, as we've said, it's, there's not it's not one of the verses chapters that is distinguished in the Quran. But Imam Ghazali does mention a couple of. It's the verses that are considered to be the jewels of the Quran and some that are considered to be the pearls of the Quran because they talk about either Tawheed in the most perfect way or they talk about the obligations of human beings to reflect and to act in the most perfect way. I think this chapter does do something which is it, it unties this knot, this, it's almost like, uh, this, this famous medieval knot that could not be opened. It unties this knot of the relationship between sabr and shukr. And how we relate to sabr and shukr, you know, patience and gratitude um, in the context of day-to-day life. And mm. everybody has a reason to either be grateful or patient. There's no situation in your life where you can say it's not on the list of things either have to be patient with or have gratitude for. If you think about it, everything that every single thing 
that you have is either a reason for 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 great gratefulness to God, shukr, manifesting that, or to show patience and expressing that through your tongue and through your actions. And so the, this the chapter essentially answers that big big question of your day to day life, how you interact with God, interact with human beings. Everything is laid out and untied to the point that everything you do, list it, you know, acknowledge it, and then you engage with it with one of the two you know the two weapons that the believer has, which is of patience and and um, and shukr. you know shukr and sh- shukr shukr. Mm. And we learned that sometimes people opt not to just guru sabr, but even in those conditions, they say shukr. Yeah, so that's, that's the thing. of the, I, I talked about the, the coin with two heads, which is shukr yeah. in all situations. That is the level of people that have, have complete contentment with essentially what God makes happen in their, in their own lives. And they obviously they choose and they act and they look for what's the best and most optimum and most blessed. But when it happens, if it doesn't happen or something unfortunate happens in life or somebody becomes ill, then the response of that is that there's ultimately good in whatever is happening. The reflection upon that is based upon that very strong connection with God. It's just like you can imagine a CEO of a, CEO of a company who's got a manager under them, under them and the company's going through a very difficult time. Everybody else is losing their mind. But the, the manager who knows the CEO knows whatever's happening is happening for the good and they're with them, you know, through through rough and ease. It doesn't make any it doesn't make any difference. And they're always agreeing. They're always in a state of pleasure or always in a state of agreement. Because you know, ultimately this person is worthy of being followed, worthy of being, you know, emulated. And therefore that's the basis of their of their decision making. And so that is the elevated position, you know, the, the, the issue of having patience and gratitude. Gratitude then, you know, the patience turns into gratitude at all times because, you know, ultimately uh, behind this whole thing is God placing the tests. And, you know, instead of looking at the test, you're looking at the one that gives the test and you're just so enthralled with the beauty of the one that gives you the test that you just forget about. You know, this comes up in poetry a lot about, mm. you know, it's not, What's happening is who's making it happen to you. Mm, you know, mm. even the the rebuke of of the beloved to the beloved to the lover is sweet. You know, I don't want to go into <laughs> the mm, the examples mm, of that, but mm, the, the reality mm. is that you know somebody you love dearly slaps you. I mean, I know that's mm. in the news nowadays, but mm. you know that this the slap itself would be something you would you would cherish for the rest of your life. Subhanallah. You know, so. reflections, zindagi <clears throat> zahiraji. آزمائشوں کا سمندر ہے کسی سے لے کے آزمایا جاتا ہے کسی کو دے کے آزمایا جاتا ہے کسی کو بے تحاشا دے کے آزمایا جاتا ہے تو زندگی یا صبر کا امتحان ہے بس کہیں صبر کہیں اور کہیں شکر کریں اور صبر اور شکر کی آزمائشی کا نام زندگی ہے آج کے ریفلیکشنز سے ہم آپ سے اجازت چاہیں گے انشاءاللہ کل دوبارہ ساڑھے سات سے لے کر کے افطار کے وقت تک شیخ رضوان کے ساتھ ریفلیکشنز لیے دوبارہ حاضر ہوں گے تب تک کے لیے اجازت السلام علیکم و رحمۃ اللہ السلام و رحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ نظام ہستی چلا رہا